0: All righty now, Ken and Anthony lead us off as the two of them talked about Stefanski and whether or not he should get a full season. If this thing were
1: to really come off the wheels, where's my leadership in the locker? I can't just scapegoat Kevin Stefanski on this whole thing. It's very easy to do. He's a meek type of guy. I've never seen him really angry. I know he was angry once on the sidelines, but that was only described by Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry. You didn't actually get to see it. They didn't show it on camera. It was only described. So it's a, technically, it's a hearsay thing. So he's a meek guy. Fans get mad. They're frustrated over the record. It's easy to go after him. It's easy to scapegoat. But if things were to go a typical Brown season where this thing is just an abomination, where's my leadership in the locker room? I can't just blame the head coach here. Where's these guys? Where's Miles? Where's Deshaun? Where's, where's everybody?
2: If that's what I have to do.
1: So I want to keep every. I just want to keep everybody
2: honest. But is about it me. scapegoating if you just want a coach that could get more out of those players that are really expensive and at really the, talented? At the end of the year, no. You can always say this isn't working
1: out, and we need to move on. You could always do that. I don't know if that's a scapegoat. I mean, if they go nine and eight and miss the playoffs, you could definitely reasonably make an argument. And go. We could have gotten more in these games if we had better game planners or if we had a better guy who was in game making decisions. I could see that, Anthony. I'm not yelling at you about that. The only thing I'm pointing out is that it's not just a best-case scenario, best-intentions scenario for the Browns. They had to sit there and think about this and say, we cannot repeat the same disaster of what happened back when, when I do think they kind of stunted the growth of Baker Mayfield in that first year where it was Hugh, then it was Greg, then he got Freddie, and you're looking for people that he can trust. That's all you're doing.
0: I mean, that's very difficult to do. It's a hard thing to do. I don't want to do that now. Yeah, but I, you know, Deshaun Watson didn't choose Kevin Stefanski. I mean, he, as he did in a way because he chose the Browns. So in a roundabout way, he chose Kevin Stefanski. But if he thinks somebody better than, that there's somebody out there better than Stefanski, I want to see what he can do then. Now, obviously, we hope it doesn't get to that point. We hope Safansky's is the, the head coach for the next 10 years. But if it does go sideways, if it does go south, just remember... The only person, Andrew Barry is not responsible for the hiring of Kevin Safansky. Sean Watson's not re- uh, responsible for the hiring of Kevin Stefanski. The only person responsible with the blood on their hands would be the Haslams in this scenario. And the Haslams, they don't care when it comes to firing people. They don't care about getting blood on their hands. They'll do it if they have to. They've shown that in the past. So, yeah, I'd be worried if I was Kevin Stefanski. He needs to get off to a good start and he needs to make sure that... It, we don't end up in one of these scenarios we've been talking about. <laughs> Next up, Nick joins Ken and Anthony to discuss Cade York. That's Nick Wilson from Afternoon Drive in the morning show. Here we go. Uh,
1: we have Nick Wilson in here. Uh, Nick Wilson. Uh, well, Lima, you were talking trash about
2: breaking. <laughs> Nick happened to be down the hallway. Yesterday was phenomenal. As somebody who at times has not admitted that I was wrong on something. Mm-hmm. How'd yesterday, you how'd yesterday go uh, when it came to Cade York? Because I was dialed in for five. You didn't lose me as a listener. I was there the entire it's time. Spring, Nick. Well, I I was unaware
1: that when I came in early today to recruit Greg Williams to Crestwood local schools, because we could use another coach, the that rage. I would be. Where the hell's Jack Lambert at? I would be. Uh, he's earned some time off. He's he's, he's older. Okay. He's, well, he's not wearing those short shorts anymore. I mean, we're not going to go down that road now. Go but, ahead there, uh, Nick.
2: It was a slaughter. I walked right into it. Wait, you walked into it. It was no. the quickest argument I've ever seen happen on a show where Dustin Fox, the show started, the music didn't even end yet, and he goes, take the L. Take the L. I've never heard Dustin talk that soon on a show before. And can I say that I was I was a patsy by the Browns. If the Browns had waited 20
1: minutes— Just 20 minutes to trade for Dustin Hopkins. I would have had the appropriate take and everyone would have been okay. Instead, I walked into the jungle.
2: I walked into the thicket and there were snipers all around me. I mean, it was was a day. I want one question answered and that's it. Because I asked Ken this earlier in the show and he paused. I asked Owen. He paused. And I don't even know that I know the answer. If that ball is not tipped, is Cade York... Your kicker, are we hearing Stefanski say, he's our kicker. We support him. You're going to see. Yes. I don't think he's slamming the table.
1: I really think he's probably well, saying the same thing. There's a video out
2: there
0: that says that that ball was going wide left anyway before yeah, it got I tipped. Know. I have not seen that video, oh, so, I, so I, until I see it, it I cannot yeah, confirm or, it, or deny. Oh, yeah, he was staying. Andrew Barry in the third quarter told you as much because he thought he had it figured out. He thought he corrected himself. Kid York 100% was still going to be the kicker if he had made that kick. For sure, I'll go to my grave believing it. I, I remember I, w- I was coming into the studio. I told the story yesterday. It was Nathan and Jim doing the call as they always do, and they were fantastic. And after the 44 yarder that he made, the two of them were talking. And and again, just this this is just the storyline and how this would have gone down. They were saying how they thought in the moment that Cade York being hit after that first kick that he ended up missing, but him being hit might have shook something out of him. And then he all of a sudden looked better because then he made four kicks in a row or whatever it was. Yeah, oh no, he would have been, he'd be the kicker. Not a doubt in my mind, he would have been the kicker. No doubt. All right, next up, Baskin and Phelps. It's Menigan in for Phelps today on World Gravy Wrestling Championships. The event is at the Rose and Bull Pub in Rosendale in the, in, in, over in the United Kingdom. And it is for a, a bar that is there. All of the proceeds go to the East Lanchester. Or Landshire, I should say hospice, which supports people with life-threatening, limiting illnesses, and competitors battle in two-minute b- bouts watched by hundreds of spectators as judges award points on entertainment value as well as the wrestling that is taking place in gravy. Yeah, I'm hoping I don't get in trouble because I just called this up and, uh, oh boy.
3: It... Yeah, it's a lot of. It, it's, I mean, that's a
0: lot of money for charity. I will say that it's a lot of money for charity, which is a wonderful thing. It's also a lot of gravy that is being splashed all over the place by men not wearing enough clothes that it make it comfortable. Oh, I was watching. A, uh, there was a women's uh, match that well, was going on that I watched better than I am. I found the BBC one where it was men in their skivvies. Uh, I it does look fun. I will I tell don't you there's that anything wrong with that and the the pit that they. <laughs> oh my God! This is hysterical. They have like barrels out there too that you would use during a rodeo like where the rodeo clowns jump into the barrel so you know if they're going to get hit by uh by a bull they jump in there well they use those two and they're on the outside i don't know why in the world that must be so they use uh lancashire gravy well,
1: of course and then there's vegetables and corn
0: it i mean <laughs> it's a way to support the local economy right. you gotta give it local gotta keep it local i i don't know why i think we give too much attention to these absurd championships i think i think in this instance the world gravy championships they knew what they were doing it's all bit it's a bit the whole entire thing it's a bit and no i would not participate in the world gravy championships no thank you the more they described it i can't watch my six month old eat peas when she gets it all over her face i'm like that's gross it's not for me man I, I'm too clean of an eater, too clean of a person when it comes to, uh, I don't like the gravy. Don't like the gravy all over you. And no, Thank you. That no, I, if I spill a sauce on me, like when I eat ribs, for instance, I'm the person that has to have like 37 napkins on me because I'm constantly cleaning my hands off. All right. Next up, Ken and Anthony, remember Bob Barker threw a fumble from our friend, Amy Lawrence
1: if if Bob Barker meant a great deal to me or you it would have made a big, we would have made a bigger deal about it yesterday but we just want to avoid making a big mistake we do want to be honorable to the person that might have passed as Amy Lawrence was trying to do this would have been yesterday morning at about what what would you say tone about 5:30 in the morning Very yesterday nice tribute. here's uh, Amy Lawrence and her tribute here on the fan
2: 35 years i'm i'm sure many of you can think back to your own childhood or your youth where there's a voice that is so prominent and his, Bob Barker's voice, is one that I will never forget.
0: Robin Fish, come on down.
2: <laughs> so that's the, uh, I forgot that's the, uh, that's not Bob Barker. That's the <laughs> the voice god of The Price is Right. Um, but Bob Barker would do it too. Uh, you're the next contestant on The Price Is Right, and
1: no, you didn't, Amy. That was all Rod Roddy's job. Sorry, boy, uh... Rod Roddy, who also is has left us. He passed away oh. uh, in 2003.
2: Boy, uh, Johnny Carson. It is uh, is with so many, so many, you know, mixed feelings and such an is distinguished career.
1: Yes. oh you are correct. Sir. <laughs> yes.
0: I know what happened I know what happened she told one of the young 20-somethings back in the studio at CBS Sports Radio hey give me a clip of Bob Barker coming down and then uh, they grabbed that and then on the spot she said oh no and she tried to rebound and then she just buried it and she did not realize it would make anybody else's airwaves and she has probably forgotten about that moment since then oh no that's a disaster though oh just a disaster Lastly, Spencer in for Nick today with Dustin debating whether or not the Browns should bring back Cade
3: York. I'm going to be honest, Dustin. Like, walking in here, before we kind of had our pre-show yeah. soiree to sort of talk things the through. soiree. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was of the belief, like, oh, yeah, just, you know, bring him back. Whatever. It's fine. But then, as we talked it out a little bit more, I'm coming around to the idea that, like, yeah, it's it maybe is too much of a distraction to have this guy in the, in the building with you and know that the moment Dustin Hopkins misses a kick, people are just gonna be clamoring for him. We saw that too many times with these quarterbacks that a team that, that the Browns drafted, whether it was Colt McCoy, whether it was uh, Johnny Manziel, all those years, like when you have that guy in the building, the guy who's just kind of waiting in the wings, or somebody who can maybe take take somebody's place, the second that there's a mistake made at one of those positions, the positions that are mostly like one of one. So quarterback, kicker, all that different, all those different ones. it's it's too tempting and it becomes too much of a thing I think especially on the outside of the building and they can say they block all that stuff out and all that fine but it I I do not want to have to be debating in like week seven should they elevate Cade York off the practice squad and bring him back out there because Dustin Hopkins missed a game when he kicked like I don't want that just let it be Dustin Hopkins and let's ride it out with him and live with the results
0: yeah listen I I I think you move on from from Cade York I I don't think that like, if all of a sudden Dustin Hopkins starts missing kicks or something like that, like, I don't know that I feel confident bringing Cade York back on the, on the team or on the active roster. I'd rather have somebody else. I'd rather have some other undrafted guy. Like, it, it, it's time for him to move on. All right, for more on that, we will touch it in its entirety a little bit later on. We got to get to Denzel Ward as well. Daryl Ryder, or as you know him, one half of it's always game day in Cleveland. And that's why you need to be paying attention because the Josh Dobbs, Trey Lance trades, it proved that you need to be listening and look for two fresh episodes about what's happening in Berea and around the league each week, 92.3thefan.com on the Odyssey app, sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. One half of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, our Browns insider, Daryl Ryder with the latest on Cade York and whether or not the Browns will bring him back. It happens next right here on The Fan.